Hello, brother. I'm Grace. Hello, brother. I'm Stephanie. And this is Doppelgangers. Today, we're talking about season four, episode four, which is called The Five. <laughs> <laughs> little sneak attack on that. A little confusing, but we all caught up. As always, I will start by reading the synopsis from Vampire Diaries Wiki. Damon goes with Elena and Bonnie to visit Whitmore College, where Professor Shane is taking over the occult studies classes formerly taught by Bonnie's grandmother. At a fraternity costume party, Damon takes advantage of the wild scene to give Elena a lesson in choosing a victim. Rebecca's attempt to buy Matt's forgiveness falls flat, but she is intrigued by unexpected news from Klaus. When Stefan questions Klaus about Connor's motives, Klaus reveals a long-ago encounter with a powerful group of vampire hunters, but it's Rebecca who delivers the information that stuns Stefan. Klaus can't know everything, it appears. Because that would require him getting close to people, which obviously he has no intention of doing. (laughs) That would require him being vulnerable. (laughs) And he said, I'm not doing that. I'm not known for that. But we start the episode in 1110 AD, long time ago. Way, way back. So at this point, you'll have to remember the originals are all about 100 years old. Yeah. They're babies. They're like Stefan and Damon's age. Yeah. But we don't see the originals in this first scene. We see a circle of five white guys and a witch in the middle. She's doing a spell. There's some fire, whatever. There's thunder, lightning. And she dumps the fire on the ground and it spreads to their swords in five points. And as it hits their swords, the tattoos appear It's the same tattoo design we've seen on Connor, but it's a complete version of it. And the swords also have the symbol from the stakes. And I will point out, you know, I I don't listen to all the Latin, but the end of that spell was immortalis. So I think that speaks to the hunter line. You think maybe the hunters are immortal or the line itself is immortal? I think the line itself is immortal. Because we do see them get killed. We see them get killed. But just because you get killed doesn't mean you're not immortal. It just means you're not protected against like every death. You can be immortal and still like be killed. They looked to die in quite a human way. Oh no, they they definitely died. But I mean, I guess if you're immortal, you can't die in a human way. That's part of it. Yeah. I guess we could talk about this more as we go on, but there's a lot of questions still in the air about what exactly the five means. How did this line continue? Because obviously the line continued. So you have to imagine there's a supernatural thing at play since we didn't see any of them procreate we don't know if they can procreate we don't know if it's genetic or if it's just like yeah i think it's some sort of immortal line whether it's like fully connected to family lines or not is unclear but i do think like the hunters themselves were not immortal but the hunter like group spirit is immortal because it seems that you can only be a potential until someone else i'm assuming passes away and i'll get into my theories on that specifically Then we go over to present day at the Salvatore house where Stefan is looking at one of Connor's stakes and he's like, what is this? And Damon says, this is a bunch of stuff. I took it from Connor's RV. May he rest in peace. He's not resting. Yeah. And he's certainly not in peace. Yeah, he won't be because (laughs) he's very much alive. What Damon particularly is looking for is a supernatural handbook. It's wishful thinking. And I think he knows it's wishful thinking. Like that would be super convenient if he just had a handbook there. You got to dare to dream. Stefan says, how do you know for a fact he was supernatural? And Damon says, well, he certainly wasn't natural. He magically appears as the council is blown up. He's covered in a tattoo that only Jeremy Gilbert of all people in the world can see. And Klaus mentions something about him being one of the five. Then he kamikazes himself with explosives. Does that sound natural to you? And Stefan says, what is the five? That's what he sticks on. Yeah. (laughs) That's what he should stick on. Because he's like, that sounds like a 
an official name. Yeah, it sounds like a capital T, capital F, the five. In a way that is like suspicious. <laughs> yeah, and Damon says, well, that's what I'm hoping is in chapter one of the handbook. His phone rings and he answers it. And it's Liz, who he says is his favorite chair. And then he says, what? That's concerning. Keep me posted. And then he hangs up and it's completely silent. And Stefan says, you're not going to tell me? <laughs> when it's like, Stefan, why weren't you eavesdropping? <laughs> Turn on that vampire hearing, King. <laughs> I'd be doing that on any phone call. I don't care who is calling who I'm listening. Yeah, I don't even care if I don't know the people. I want to know the business. Damon says, I can't tell you. It's private and we're in a fight. And Stefan says, no, you're in a fight. I'm not in a fight. I'm over it. I've been over it. And Damon says, you're not still mad about Elena. And Stefan says, you know, you let her feed on you. I'm always going to be mad, but we're not in a fight fight. Damon says, okay, fine. I guess I'll tell you. Uh, They didn't find any remains of Connor at the explosion site. And Stefan says, so Connor's still out there. And Damon says, yeah, apparently. So I'm going to need you to get on this today because I am booked solid. I'm taking Elena to college to teach her how to feed. He's like, I'm busy hanging out with your girlfriend all day. Stefan is like, what the fuck? And Damon's like, hey, she needs to learn snatch, eat a race now more than ever. And remember, we're not in a fight, so you can't be mad at me. And even Stefan has to admit that he's not the one to teach Elena this. Yeah, Stefan lets this go pretty quickly. In the woods, he talks to Elena about it. Elena says, look, I know it's crazy, but I almost killed Matt last night. Damon had to pull me off of him and compel Matt to forget. Call it doppelganger curse or whatever you want, but I can't drink animal blood or blood bags. I can only drink from the vein. Stefan throws an arrow at her because they're training for the hunter. And also he's very pissed off that his girlfriend is clearly on the path to fuck his brother. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that and the fact that she's like, I can't drink that bullshit that you're drinking. And he's like, it tastes good. Like, like, it's fine. Why do you think you're better than me? (laughs) she says i just have a really refined palate i actually like can't i can't drink cheap wine yeah i just can't have anything under 15 dollars. like i know that sounds high maintenance but like oh my god the headaches i'll get but it's just the way i am yeah he says oh you're slow and she says yeah that's why we're not using wood arrows Mm -hmm. stop throwing arrows at me she throws the arrow at him he dodges it of course she giggles they're kind of having fun that arrow goes all the way through the forest too what it it is not hitting any trees it went so far she killed someone (laughs) stefan says uh why don't you ask caroline to help you she's a genius at self-control she's teaching me and elena says yeah she's too good she doesn't know how hard i have it and I know what being around me and too much blood does to you. So I can't put you through that. And so, you know, Stefan like attacks her, but he's like, that leaves Damon. And Elena also tackles him and she says, don't be jealous. You know, I wish it could be you. And he says, okay, fine. Since you said it like that. It's like, I wish it could be you, but you're actually really bad at it. I wish it could be you, except for the part that you are bad at it. And I hate doing this with you. Other than that, I so wish it could be you. (laughs) Except for the fact that every time it's you, I throw up. You know, I know she's trying to comfort him, but it doesn't sound good for him right now. <laughs> yeah, it's Stelena girlies. Get ready to go back in the trenches. I know we just got out. If you'll recall, I guessed Stefan and Elena would break up episode four or five of this season. And I was watching this. I was like, oh, it might be four. Like, I was so ready. They seem to be on a trajectory. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's moving. Elena says, we're crashing Bonnie's trip to Whitmore College because the professor who took over her Graham's classes invited her. And then she gets away from the exposition and she goes back to the matter at hand. And she says, listen, you're the one who's getting me through this, no matter how, who teaches me how to feed. Even though you made me throw up like eight times and I literally almost killed someone at a funeral for 12 people because of you, but you're the one getting me through this, King. You're the one getting me through this, except for the fact that I don't want to do any of it with you. And also Damon's the one who pulled me off that. 
you're the one who's getting me through this, except for the fact that you haven't been able to teach me how to feed. You haven't made me feel any better about this. And you certainly haven't stopped me from almost killing my friends. So, but other than all of that, you're the one getting me through this. And you're getting me through this by being a good boyfriend, but not a good enough boyfriend that I stop wanting to have sex with your brother. That is still very much here. You're getting me through this by being okay with the fact that eventually I'm going to hop over to Damon and it's getting closer every day. You're getting me through this except for the fact that I'm starting to doubt that you're the sexier brother. I, I fear the ranking is shifting. He says, I was on a motorcycle last week. And she says, that's the problem. That should have worked, right? He said, that should have lasted a lot longer. And here I am. She's like, you're getting me through this based on like purely vibes, I think. And even the vibes are pretty rancid these days. It's purely through my own delusion that you're the one in charge of me right now. She said, I was repressing my feelings very well as a human. And that's not working so well now that I'm a vampire. Those bitches are coming out. (laughs) He says, okay, just be careful. It's easy to get caught up in the blood and the feed. Like for you. (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh she promises she will be careful and they kiss hope you liked it stephanie (laughs) it'll be one of your last yeah you better better start (laughs) taking those to heart you better really start appreciating them stephan girlies pack your bags and get ready to go back in the trenches we're gonna (laughs) see the damon girlies on our way in get your sleeping bags (laughs) then we go over to the grill where matt is just doing his job trying to get another day get another day another dollar Yeah. And Rebecca bothers him yet again. And now, Rebecca, (laughs) I get that you're into him for some unknown reason. But in what world is any of this going to work for you? I mean, Rebecca is operating on delusion alone, which I can't blame her for. But it is like girly. She puts down keys. He actually doesn't say anything to her. He's ignoring her still. Kinging, as Matt has been doing. Yeah, because he doesn't want to talk to her. He doesn't like her and he cannot make it any clearer. Yeah, she did run him off a bridge. It cannot be overstated. And she says, these are the keys to your new truck. It's fully paid for. It's parked outside. It's insured. Everything but a big red bow. And wouldn't it be funny if she parked it illegally and he went out and it had a parking ticket on it? Uh, or if he came out and it was like the ugliest fucking truck you've ever seen. Like it was like a $2,000 truck. It's stick and he can't drive stick. <laughs> also, the other thing, Rebecca, you already bought a whole car. Go buy the bow. Yeah, <laughs> literally. Might be a nice touch. It is truly the least she can do is get him a new car since it is entirely her fault that he crashed his last one. And I do love her throwing in the that it's insured because she immediately made a joke about his not being insured when he ran off of it. Oh, the duality of her. And is she going to keep paying the insurance bill every month or is that going to switch over to him? It's insured for for six months and then it is your job. The policy will auto renew to you and it will auto pay. And I did get the most expensive. I did get you all state. I know I could have gotten a better deal. No, I could have gotten a better deal at Progressive, but here we are. (laughs) Progressive. (laughs) I know Matt loves the Progressive ads. (laughs) He's like, I love Flo. Oh, she's so funny. I think he likes the Geico ads too. Rebecca likes the State Farm ads because of Jake from State Farm. Yeah. Because she's, if one thinks she's horny. Yeah. So maybe she got him State Farm. I bet she did. Actually, she might like the Allstate ads because there's that mayhem guy. She's like, he gets it. I do think she would pick Allstate. I think Matt would pick Geico because one, it's a gecko that I think he would respond to. Yeah, me too. And two, that they're all about saving money. He'd be like, well, that's got to be the cheapest one. They tell me it's the cheapest one. He's like, I only have 15 minutes. How can I save 15% or more on car insurance? Or or he would get the general because he loves that song. 
<laughs> go to the general and save some time. And that concludes our car insurance <laughs> bit. <laughs> anyway, moving on. <laughs> Matt says, you know, if this is your apology, you should give it to Elena since she's the one you killed. Well, she tried to kill you too. Like you should still get an apology for it. Yeah. Take the truck, King, which he does. Yeah. He walks away. And as he walks away, it is revealed that Klaus is sitting at the bar having a midday glass of wine. And it could not more clearly be like a, like a cab. It's a red wine. He's having at like 2 p.m. And look, I've done it, but it is a weird vibe to be drinking red at that time of day. And it's like empty. Like he finished the drink and he was sitting there waiting. He's been sitting there for a while. And then he shouts from across the borough to Rebecca, you're trying to hurt. Lower your voice. (laughs) Of course she's trying to hurt. That's her whole thing. She says, yeah, last I heard you were leaving town forever. And he says, well, I was. But then I thought, how can I when my sister, clearly so desperate for love and affection, is left here bribing the help? He gets a nice zinger in. Yeah, gotta make fun of Matt. She says, what do you want? I thought I was dead to you. And he says, well, things change. Uh, You've been dead to me a number of times and you're going to be alive to me a number more times. Keep up. Yeah. He says, I've stumbled upon something that might be of interest to you. And she says, well, I super doubt that. And he says, what if I told you that the Brotherhood of the Five still existed? And this does pique her interest. And she's like, "Okay, you did get me there. He says, see, and just like that, bygones. Come on, let's go. He's like, let's get to it. I got my wine in my system. I got to keep this mood moving. I have my lunch wine. Time to go back home. I'm feeling productive now. I got to keep the energy up or I will be going down for an afternoon nap. Yeah. I got too much to do. (laughs) And she says, yeah, we, we have nothing to do. I don't care about the five and I don't care about you. And she does a pretty good job selling this, even though it is a complete lie. Yeah. He (laughs) says, fine, as you wish. And he leaves. Then we go over to Whitmore College where Damon pulls up in his car and parks it in the middle of the quad. Yeah, I don't know how he got on there. I love TV shows and movies are forever doing this. Mm -hmm. Like, I get that, you know, you want to be in the middle of the campus, but there's got to be a place to park. There is not even a road. How did they even get the car there? Well, and I understand, like, they want to convey on TV that they are at college. And the way to do that, obviously, is to be on a quad because all colleges have a quad. But you're telling me they couldn't have found a filming location where there was a parking lot by a quad? Or just, did you have to film the car? Yeah, <laughs> they could have <laughs> just walked onto the quad. Like, I don't know why they feel the need to do the car. I think because they spent all this money on a cool car for Damon. So they got to get the shots in. They got to get their money's worth. It would be funnier if they just walked onto campus and Damon was wearing like a Whitmore College sweatshirt. That would have been funny. I would have laughed. Anyway, so they're in the quad. They get out of the car. And Elena asks Bonnie if she's okay with this. And Bonnie says, look, if I could spell you out of drinking blood, I would. But I can't. So it's better you learn this now than at freshman orientation. And Elena says, yeah, something tells me college isn't in my future anymore. Girls, just work on your personal essay. Or, hey, go to an admissions officer and say, I go to school here now. Yeah, exactly. It's so easy. <laughs> Where do you want to go? You can go to Harvard. Yeah. Damon says, okay, let's stop with the pity party. If I can go to college, so can you. And Bonnie says, you went to college? And he says, obviously he went to college. Yeah, he's not like Stefan going to high school again and again. Yeah, he likes to party and have sex. Of course he went to college. He says, I went to college plenty of times. I always had a thing for sorority girls. Love that early 2010s sexist joke. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta put it in there. Bonnie says he's disgusting. And he says, I know. He says, that's the vibe, babe. He said, that's the whole charm. And as they walk away, Damon checks out a girl and it is a girl with long brown hair wearing a Henley. 
Boy, if you don't keep it in your pants, look at some girl who doesn't look like Elena. Go find someone sexier. There's got to be. You have to laugh. (laughs) Then we go into a lecture where for the first time we meet a new character. He's the professor that we heard of earlier. His name is Professor Shane. When we first see Professor Shane here, what are your first impressions of Professor Shane? My first thought was like, oh, I thought someone taking over Bonnie's Gramps classes would be another witch, not a white dude. May I say, so the Vampire Diaries does this thing sometimes where if they had a character that people liked, they want to bring kind of a conduit for that person in. So Atticus Shane. With the initials and everything. Yeah, we kind of need a new teacher character. Do you think they're trying to give us a new alert to kind of satiate our need? No. Because I don't think we need a new alert because I do think old alert will be back. Um, I'm, I'm still leaning on that. But I think he's different than alert because, I don't know, I think there are some similarities that I'll get into in a hypocrisy sense. But I think it's a different vibe because he's already giving like a little more predatory than alert. I don't know if that's what I'm supposed to be reading, but it's a weird vibe from him I'm getting. Well, we're getting definitely, we're not sure by the end of this episode if we should trust him or not, but we'll get into that later. So he's giving a lecture and he says, so when I say the word witch, what pops into your head? Halloween costume? Villain of a fairy tale? An ex-girlfriend? Hurdy her and not a soul in the classroom laughs. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, that was kind of fucked. He said, ex-girlfriend? Ex-girlfriend? I'm not referring to any of the three of you that are in my class. He says, whatever it is, it's probably not Tenyel so-so. And then he goes on, whatever. And Elena and Bonnie are sitting. Bonnie's like, that's him. And they're like, oh my God, he's kind of hot. And Damon's like, eh. Damon says, that guy? He's kind of creepy and predatory on the sorority girl. Um, I did that too. I did that too. No, that's my thing. I better keep my mouth shut. (laughs) Professor Shane says, in reality, or at least in this reality, witches have appeared across every culture in history as the architects of the supernatural, responsible for everything that goes bump in the night from ghosts to vampires to doppelgangers. And now how the fuck does he know about doppelgangers? It's suspicious. None of them seem to react to that like that's weird. Well, Damon says, what is this guy, Wikipedia? He was holding that one in his back pocket. Not a great joke. He had it in the chamber. And then by the time he said it, he's like, okay, I built that one up a little too much in my head. He's like, that one's not that funny. Yeah. He should have been focusing more on the fact that Professor Shane knows what doppelgangers are. Yeah, the ghost, the vampire thing, fine. Those are all fair guesses. Mm -hmm. Doppelganger is suspicious to me. Professor Shane says, now, if you're a skeptic, you call that a coincidence. But if you're a true believer, you know there's no such thing. What class is this? (laughs) It's occult studies. One thing about the Vampire Diaries is there's a lot of people who, like, study the occult that who come in. It's like, there can't be that many of you on Earth. I would love if that were me. I know, what a gig but they don't keep those kind of departments open anymore. They, they don't fund that department. I, I doubt they would fund more than one class. He funds it himself. Academia is supposed is not supposed to be a fun place to be. Yeah. <laughs> the dean came in and he was like, mm, this is way too interesting. You guys got to <laughs> go take intro cam again. We got to cut this. <laughs> Professor Shane continues giving his lecture and Elena decides she's done listening. So she turns to Damon. And like, you guys could have sat in the back row. Or like, Bonnie could have been like, I'll go see his class. I'll catch up with you guys later. Yeah, you don't really need to look in a classroom for a victim. But anyway, Elena, because she's thinking about herself still, she's not listening to the lecture. Maybe yeah. she should. She's like, this guy hasn't talked about me recently enough. <laughs> he said doppelgangers two seconds ago. <laughs> wasn't recent enough. Uh, she said, what if I'm a ripper? And Damon says, you're not. 
And she says, but what if I am? If she were, I think she would have killed Matt already. Yeah, if she were, I think she would have already killed someone. Damon says, well, then pick someone and we'll find out. She spots a guy and she like looks at him and he says, no, stoner guys are no good. They're too paranoid and you don't want the extra buzz. Maybe I fucking do. I want an edible. <laughs> she looks at another girl or maybe he looks at the girl first. You know, he's like, she's fun sized, but way too alert. Geeky girls are inherently suspicious of anyone who's nice to them. Ouch. <laughs> It's like, so that's why a vampire doesn't come up to me. Yeah. Because he thinks I'll be suspicious. And I would I would be I suspicious. Would. I would be suspicious if Ian Somerhalder came up and talked to me. I would. If he came up to me and started flowing with me, I'd be like, what? Mm, something's up. Something is not clicking here. The math isn't mathing, your yeah. honor. <laughs> and then Damon says, what you want is the pretty blonde girl. She's self-absorbed, easily flattered. Just separate her from the pack and make your move, which you can't help but notice. That's maybe why he targeted Caroline early on in his days in Mystic Falls. That could be. He misread Miss Caroline. She's smarter than that. Yes, he sure did. Then Professor Shane says, hey, am I interrupting something or is it the other way around? He's like, can you guys stop fucking talking? Like I wrote a fucking banger of a speech here. (laughs) Elena says, sorry. And Damon says, I was just saying I love witches. And Professor Shane says, yeah, you and me both, brother. What the fuck? (laughs) Weird response. And then he says, okay, let's talk about the readings none of you did. (laughs) Then we leave. We go over to Klaus's house. Klaus opens the room to his like little closet of torture and there's Connor chained up. And then Klaus says, I guess I'll have to beef up the hybrid security detail. And he says that because Stefan is already in his home. And Stefan says, well, I was going to take him, but you went to so much trouble to like truss him up in your red room of pain. And Klaus says, yeah, it's from the Inquisition. I love that line. (laughs) He says, I thought it was a nice touch. And you know what, Klaus, it was. It was. It's doing its job for the most, for now. Yeah, he looks pretty tortured. Granted, maybe you should do something that is not like hundreds of years old from that. Maybe get a a more recent weapon. Maybe update it a touch. Yeah. The look of it is so important to Klaus, you know? I mean, Klaus is an aesthetic man. Yeah, if nothing else. Stefan asks, so what did you get out of him? And Klaus says, not enough. He's mum about the council fire and this greater evil we're all supposed to be shivering over. And he says, why are you snooping here? And Stefan says, well, I can't say it in front of him because as I'm sure you found out, he can't be compelled. And Klaus says to Connor, you are full of mysteries. <laughs> Connor says, I told you I don't know anything. And Klaus says, well, thankfully, I know plenty. So he's like, I know enough for the both of us. Don't worry, you can help. Yeah. Me. So Klaus and Stefan leave to go chat. And Stefan says, listen, Damon said you knew something. And to be fair, this is on me. I should have known you were up to something when you healed Elena from werewolf poison without asking anything in return. Yeah. Klaus says, I was feeling benevolent. And Stefan says, yeah, that's not really your gig. That, that's not what you're known for. Stefan says, so who is this guy and what is the five? And Klaus says, so many questions. There were two. It's it's two. It's a pretty reasonable amount of questions, I think. And they kind of go together, honestly. Yeah. One's kind of a follow-up. Stefan says, good thing I have nothing to do today but get answers. He's like, well, I'm free today. So here we are. Because my girlfriend's trying to go fuck my brother. And and I can't really sit at home while that's happening because I'm going to be too aware of it. Yeah. Klaus says, fine, you might actually be useful to me in persuading my sister to cooperate. But he starts the story before getting into the Rebecca of it all. He says, the Brotherhood of the Five was a highly skilled group of vampire hunters. We crossed paths in the 12th century in Italy. So we go over to Italy in 1114. And Klaus narrates briefly. He says, we followed the Normans as they conquered the South, feeding and turning people as we went. We can see Klaus and Elijah in... 1110 wigs. 
These are probably the best wigs we've seen them in yet, but still they, you know, they're not perfect. I was going to say they definitely upped the wig budget. And I know that Joseph Morgan's hair is technically blonde, but every time it's a full blonde head of hair, it's like, that doesn't look right. There's something about Klaus's wig that looks like a little too sorority girl composite photo. It looks a little too Barbie movie. Yes. And there's something about Elijah's that is like too far from his neck. Yeah. They're not quite right, but they are better. It's hard to make the long hair look natural, to be completely honest. And I know that I think they're trying to be like kind of period accurate. I I can't imagine they put that much research into it, but maybe they did. I don't know. I don't know anything about the 1100s because boring. Yeah. And I don't care to learn. Yeah. But you know whose hair does look good is the guy on stage. Later, we learn his name is Alexander. His name, the actor, is Paul Telfer. His profile picture on IMDb is a photo of him where he's clearly supposed to be a vampire. It's not from the Vampire Diaries, obviously, because his hair is short in it. But I can't figure out what he was in. But he has been on Days of Our Lives for 398 episodes. Oh, he's staying booked and busy. He's got a lot of names. Most of them are Xander. One of them is Damon. And then he was also on a Days of Our Lives spinoff, or maybe it was a TV movie that's called Days of Our Lives, A Very Salem Christmas. I'm guessing that's a movie. Anyway, he has these people on stage, like tied to stakes, like ready to be burnt. And he says to a crowd, you know, these demons live among you. Passing is human. Klaus narrates over this. With bloodshed came exposure. And Alexander says, witness with your own eyes. And he lets a vampire out of a coffin on stage into the sun and he burns. Because that vampire did not get a daylight ring. Yeah. Klaus and Elijah are watching quite enthralled. And Elijah says, well, he's putting on quite a show. And Klaus says, he is nothing. I could eat him for sport. And Elijah says, still, you should heed the warning. Between you here and Cole in the East, you have not been discreet. Stories of original vampires are spreading. And Klaus says, I welcome the infamy. And you know what? If you're worried about discretion, you should wrangle our sister. And over there, we see Rebecca flirting with the guy. And it's like, come on, girl, we know. Pick someone else. Get up, Rebecca. (laughs) You guys are rich. You can pick anyone. Maybe don't pick the guy who hates vampires. Yeah, maybe it's time to leave Italy. Okay, maybe new country. She's setting herself up for failure at this point. This one's on Rebecca. Yeah. In the present day... Stefan says, so these hunters have been around 900 years. And Klaus says, apparently, but our friend in the other room is the first one I've seen since then. Kind of makes you wonder what they've been up to all these years. It does, doesn't it? It certainly does. And why they just had no issue with originals. They can't really spread things through word of mouth from the original ones, you know, like the original hunters couldn't have shared all the information. That's true, because they all die. Yeah. (laughs) So you have to assume that any hunters right now are figuring it out on their own. Yeah which is why Connor seems to know so little. Stefan says, and Rebecca had a thing for one of them. And Klaus says, oh, she didn't just have a thing. She fell in love. He told her all his secrets, which I will gladly share with you, provided you do one thing for me. Get Rebecca over here. She's being stubborn and hateful. I need to make peace with her because I need her to give me some very important information about the hunter, which she won't do unless she believes we've made up, blah, blah, blah. And Stefan says, what is in all this for me? Yeah. (laughs) And Klaus says, you get her here and I'll tell you. And trust me when I tell you that that hunter in there holds the answers to all your prayers. And you know what? Klaus is right. It does. It does. But Stefan, I mean, that could be a bluff. But Stefan's like, well, I might as well go get her. I'm not busy today. He's like, I do want to know what's going on. It can't hurt him to know. And then we go over to the grill. April is sitting at a booth doing homework. And Matt says, hey, April, do you want more water? 
Poor kid solidarity. <laughs> she says, I'm good. Also, just so you know, I'm not sitting here alone like a loser. I'm here with my friend. He's like, it's fine if you're sitting here alone. I, I eat dinner alone every day. Yeah, <laughs> I live alone. So it doesn't so affect me. That you won't way. get anything from me. Rebecca returns, sits down and says, sorry, family drama. And Matt says, you two are friends. Matt's like, not this. And Rebecca says, is it so hard to believe I'd have one? And Matt says, without blinking, yeah. And also I'm taking the truck. Yeah, he said, now suddenly I am going to take this truck. Good, good thing. He should. She yeah. bought it already. He walks away and April like watches him go. And Rebecca says, hey, off limits. I have dibs. April's like, he doesn't even seem to like you that much. Yeah, it's like the dibs are kind of irrelevant when he hates your guts. But yeah, we'll that's see. a waste of dibs. Yeah. Stefan approaches the table and immediately compels April like, hey, forget the upcoming combo. And then he turns to Rebecca and says, so Klaus wants me to make fake peace with you. So you'll talk about the five. And she says, oh, don't help him. He'll just betray you. It's what he does. And Stefan says, okay, fine, help me. And she says, why? You hate me more than he does. And Stefan says, well, I want to figure out what he's up to and I can give you the one thing he won't, a clean slate. Yeah, because one thing about Rebecca, she wants people to be friends with her. The promise of friends is enough for her. Yeah. Got to give it to Stefan. He's learning how to handle Rebecca better now than he used to. Yeah, he used to struggle with kind of, what she wants, but it's really simple. She wants friends and she wants someone in love with her. If you can give her even a shot at those, she'll do anything. You got it. He says, I'm not saying I'm willing to forgive you for what you did to Elena, but I'm willing to set it aside and start over. And she says, why? And he says, well, you're obviously not leaving town anytime soon. I'm looking for a way we can all get along, which he's not really looking for a way they can all get along. But yeah. Rebecca's like, I can be in the popular group. Yeah, he's like, I don't actually care if we're friends or not, but this is something you would like and is relatively easy for me to offer because I can go back on it anytime. And then he says, plus, you can't be too happy wandering around school with no friends. And she's like, I'm not. She says, well, what if I don't care what you or anyone else thinks of me? Come on. That's a flimsy bluff. Rebecca. Yeah, you know bluff I've ever seen. But to Stefan's credit, he does a good job with Rebecca here where he doesn't call her on the entirety of the bluff. Because it would be easy to be like, you obviously care what people think, like don't even pretend. But instead he gets specific and he says, I'm pretty sure you care what Matt over there thinks. So maybe I can talk to him about a clean slate too. Like Stefan and Matt are some bros. Yeah, like Matt is even going to listen to Stefan. But Rebecca's so down bad for Matt of all people that even the slight possibility he would, you know, stop ignoring her is enough for her to give up all these secrets. She's so down terrible. It's hard to watch. I I love Rebecca, but the bitch, oh my God, she needs some help. (laughs) We go back over to Whitmore College. Damon and Elena are following the blonde girl they've picked out out of class. And Damon tries to calm Elena down. He's like, you know, she's young and healthy. She'll heal like a charm. Just keep your eye on the ball. And Elena's like, this is not a game. And he says, fine, whatever. It's not a game. Just do what we practiced. Elena approaches the blonde and says, hey, you're in my anthro class, right? And the blonde says, I guess so. Yeah, the blonde's like, if you say so, I guess. Elena says, I forgot to get the reading list. Do you have it? And she says, sure, let me check. And she picks up her phone and Elena grabs her wrist and says, "Okay, don't scream. This isn't going to hurt. And then she's about to bite her wrist and she looks at the girl's wallpaper on her phone. And it's her like with a little girl, (laughs) like a little baby, like a toddler. And it's so funny that she sees this baby and she's like, no. Yeah. And Elena says, who's that? And the girl says, oh, it's my little sister. I'm Elena. It's like, oh, it's not your daughter. Oh, little sister. Okay. And again, Elena's not planning on killing this girl. 
Yeah, so who cares what family she has? <laughs> but Elena is affected by this. And so she compels her. She says, get out of here and go back to class. The blonde girl does. And Damon from the corner is like, what the fuck was that? And <laughs> Elena says, I saw the picture. And Damon's like, of, of a toddler? What, it was your kid? No? Oh, then what the fuck? Damon says, look, everyone is someone's uncle or father or camp counselor or Bible study teacher. You don't know these people. Why do you care? Yeah. And she says, I care because I'm still me. I still have the same feelings. Sorry if that spoils your master plan to make me a super vampire. And he's like, just can you just like drink blood? You're going to starve. It's like, really it's, not that It deep. spoils my plan to keep you from literally starving to death. Yeah. Like, I'm not trying to trick you into killing people. I'm not trying to make you kill people. I'm just trying to make sure you don't desiccate. Yeah. Bonnie approaches and she says, what's wrong? Because she senses the tension. Damon says, nothing. Elena is lecturing me on the importance of feelings. And Bonnie's like, what else is new? And Bonnie says, okay, well, I talked to the professor. He found some stuff that belonged to my grams in his office and he's going to dig it up for me. Also this, and it's a flyer for a murder house party. It says murder house, dress as a victim or a killer. No other distinguishing information. Yeah, we have to assume all the other information's on the back. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, where it is. <laughs> exactly. What frat it's at. Yeah. Damon says, awesome. Frat party. Douche central. You'll be eating very well tonight. Yeah, perfect place to fucking bite people. It just looks like you're making out. Yeah, great place to go. And how nice of them to have a murder-themed party. Then you don't even have to clean up the blood. It's love. a win-win-win for our team yeah. today. You know what would be the best place for a vampire? They got a love haunted house season. Oh, Yeah. Because guess what? If I'm a vampire, I'll just go to each different room of the haunted house, feed on the person in that room, the actor in that room for a few groups. I'll look just scary and people will love the haunted house. They got to love Halloween. Halloween rocks for vampire, I bet. And then Damon says, so should we go as victims or killers? And Damon's like, I very clearly already know what I'm doing, but what are you guys going to do? He says, I already have my Jack the Ripper costume in my suitcase. As you guys know, you saw me pack it. And I did pack you guys period accurate slutty outfits. He's like, I did actually bring a tuxedo. And I think I'm pretty sure I have a top hat in my car. I like to have one with me at all times. You never know when you need it. I can lean into that if you guys want to do a group thing. <laughs> you guys want to go as a group trio? Yeah. Couples? You guys want to go as a couple? Couple costume and an extra. Bonnie, you can be a kid. Said squad costume. Squad costume. <laughs> If only we had two more, we could be the Spice Girls. <laughs> <laughs> then we go back over to Klaus's house. Connor is just like, oh, pain. Wah, wah. <laughs> Boo-hoo. And Klaus says, hey, you feeling all right? Are the shackles too tight? Klaus welcomes Rebecca back because Stefan has got Rebecca to show up. And she says, is this a fucking trick? How do you know he's one of the five? Where's his dumbass tattoo? And Klaus says, actually, the tattoos aren't visible on this lot like they were on the last. Okay, let's have some dinner. So they sit for like a formal meal. Klaus still has a staff in his house of those girls in their crazy little like boxing ring girl outfits. Yeah. And she's, you know, serving dinner. He says, you know, I could kiss the council for burning up all the Vervain in this town. My life is so much easier. They literally burned up every last bit of Vervain. That is the problem with the B squad. Klaus says, Rebecca, eat your veggies. And she says, no, not till you apologize. <laughs> not until you give me an apology and it's like okay girl he's not gonna mean it but go ahead and, yeah and then Klaus says for which indiscretion there have been so many yeah. and she says you broke my neck and he says you threw away Elena's blood so I can't make any more hybrids and she says you took me for granted and he says that's what big brothers do and Stefan says can I just name the million other people I'd rather be having dinner with right now he's like this so fucking sucks he's like I hate when I'm hanging out with just the two of you 
He's like, I don't really like hanging out with either of you individually either, but it, when it's the two of you together, oh my God, I want to blow my brains out. This trio makes Stefan seem well-adjusted. Yeah. <laughs> Stefan's like, like, I have never been the most mentally healthy person at a table in my life, except right now. Klaus says, okay, Rebecca, fine. I'm sorry. I forget how delicate you are. Forgive me. And she says, I'll take it under consideration. And Stefan says, okay, great. Tell me about Rebecca's Hunter. (laughs) He's like, great. We got that all sorted. Let's get into the business. And Klaus says, right, Alexander. He was a nice chap for going the obvious issues. And then we go flashback back to the 1100s. They're eating a very similar meal. And Klaus narrates to us, he's like, you know, we knew that Alexander was looking for creatures at the night. So we felt quite safe around him in our daylight rings. They're eating a meal and Alexander says, wow, I am not accustomed to such luxury. And Elijah says, you know, it's the least we could do to repay you for opening our eyes to the truth. We would love to hear more about your order and your crusade. Yeah, he's like, we would love to hear about your plans to kill all the vampires. One thing about Elijah, he's business. Yeah, he's like, let's just all get our information. Then we can regroup. Alexander says, I'm so glad you asked. We are but five men bound by fire and the last breath of a dying witch to a single cause. The destruction of all vampires. He says, we're just five guys. We're just five guys who love burgers and fries. Eating wings, (laughs) drinking beers, killing vampires. (laughs) We are simple men. We believe that beer should be cold. And vampires should be dead. (laughs) Klaus says, how do you hope to, you know, destroy all vampires? Just out of pure curiosity. And he says, you know, we've got the ultimate weapon which no vampire can survive. In the present day, Stefan says, this is about a weapon, another fucking weapon. He's like, why is it always a weapon? Rebecca says, well, it's not just any weapon. And Klaus says, hey, don't get ahead of the story. Well, at this point, I was like, it's another weapon? That's like kind of lame. Like, yeah, how many dangerous weapons are there going to be? You know, I was like, that's kind of disappointing. What's more dangerous than the White Oak Steak that we already know about? Yeah. Julie Pleck scared me for a second there. Yeah, first like, okay, what the fuck? Who cares? A sword, like, because we had seen the sword get a close-up too. So it's like, oh, great, a, a sword, a magic sword. Cool. It's like well, another one. Stefan says, how is a weapon the answer to all my prayers? They don't answer that question because it would spoil the ending of the story, which obviously Klaus wants to lead up to. Yeah, they don't answer it because Stefan just interrupted the story. Yeah. <laughs> Stefan says, okay, why don't we skip the theatrics and get to the point. And Klaus says, no, I don't think I'm going to skip skip the theatrics, actually. Klaus says, no, this is my fucking dinner party. And I will be having the theatrics. But thank you for the suggestion. Klaus says, in order to find this weapon, we need to solve the puzzle, which seems to have disappeared. And Stefan says, oh, the tattoo. What is it? And Klaus says, it's a map. And it's leading us to its treasure. And Rebecca says, yeah, a lot of good a tattoo is going to do, though, if no one can see it. And Klaus says, we can't, but someone else can. And it's like, who gave Klaus that information? (laughs) And then Klaus tells the waitress to go tell the hybrid to bring a guy in. And Klaus explains, you know, the hunter was eager to get to the bottom of this mystery tattoo. And he mentioned that there was only one other person who could see it. And then the hybrid brings in Jeremy and Stefan's like, no, not this. Come on. It's like, guys, you got to stop kidnapping Elena's brother. Yeah. Just leave him at home. Stefan jumps up, but Klaus blocks him and says, "Mm, I wouldn't. And then Klaus says, lucky for us, Jeremy is a bit of an artist. And Jeremy says, I'm not helping you. And then Klaus immediately takes off his Gilbert ring and says, yeah, actually you are. So let's not do this. Yeah, he's got to watch that ring a little better. Yeah, Jeremy, you got to learn to hold your hand in a fist. Okay, yeah, just keep that natural. Wear a glove. 
How easy would that be? Just tell everyone you're really into Michael Jackson. You don't even have to explain it. Just wear a glove. (laughs) Then we go over to the murder house party. Damon, Elena, and Bonnie roll up. And they are greeted at the door, which happens at every frat party, obviously. Yeah. By some guy named Frankie. He's dressed in no costume and he says he's an unassuming serial killer. He has like one splatter of blood on his shirt. It's like, okay, you really phoned this one in, huh, Frank? Would it have killed them to have someone in like at least a vague costume? Especially if, you know, if you're going to have a greeter at the door, pick someone who dressed up. Frankie just rolled out of bed and he's like, love the party tonight. And someone's like, do you know the theme is murder house? He says, uh... Yes, I'm Ted Bundy. <laughs> and they're like, well, you're not hot enough to be Ted Bundy. So let's make that a little more vague. He says, okay, I'll do that. He invites them in. They need to be invited in. That's why they need a greeter. There you go. Then he says, Bloody Marys are free until midnight. What fraternity do you know who would ever suggest Bloody Marys? For one, because they're a disgusting drink to drink at nighttime. Number two, they had to buy a ton of celery for That's this. That's the thing. I would believe that maybe they were like, oh, it'd be funny to have Bloody Marys. Yes. Because it's a murder party, whatever. The celery makes it like, oh, no. You have a bartender somewhere. That's weird. They could have just made red punch. That's what I was going to say. If it's an actual murder party, it would have just been red punch. It would have been red jungle juice. They would have just called it blood, honestly. Yeah. So they come in. Damon also tells this guy that he's dressed as Jack the Ripper. Feels the need to brag about this costume. Yeah. The guy's like, I don't know who Jack the Ripper is. He's like, where'd you get a top hat? He's like, yo, dude, you look cool. He's like, hey, dude, you a brother anywhere on campus? You should meet some of the guys. Yeah. Let me go get our president right now. Yeah. Hey, dude, you got to come meet this guy. You said your name was Jack? (laughs) And just so you know, there's a bathroom upstairs for just the brothers. And like, I know you're not a brother yet, but. But you're basically a brother. I get a good vibe from guys. Yeah, I I can tell. I can tell. You totally embody what like so many brothers in this house embody. Yeah. You're just a a guy who's down. He he said, yeah, let me tell you about our frat. We are about five guys. (laughs) (laughs) And and we love to party. We love Bloody Marys. um, And we are into roofies, but we're kind of low on the money for them. So if you're rich, that would help. (laughs) So I've got great news. I am. (laughs) I have many fortunes. My family were loggers. (laughs) He's like, oh, cool, cool. (laughs) Anyway, they don't talk to Frankie that long. Yeah. He is but a plot device. But as they walk in, they do spot a familiar face who Damon calls Professor Creepy. And he's accurate for this because why is a professor at a frat party? He's like up the stairs with a drink talking to someone like go home. And he's not drinking a Bloody Mary. He's drinking something blue and he's talking to like college girls. Boy, if you don't go to your home, what the fuck are you doing? No one seems concerned that he's there. And I know Elena and Bonnie are young. But Damon should be like, kind of weird that the professor's here, right? You know, it's one thing, the girls are probably like, the hot professor's here, cool. How did he get past the frat brothers? Why They would not have let him in. What, Frankie is slacking at the door. They would have sooner beat his ass than let him in that party. Because they know that's a hot professor. They're losing. Frankie said, you cannot come in here again. <laughs> You're taking all the girls. He's like, I haven't kissed a girl in three months. And it's because of you. You're here. You're taking all the girls. You got to get out of here. Please don't come in. Go to one of the other fraternities. I'm begging you. Like you are not invited in. Bonnie is upset that Damon called this creepy man Professor Creepy. She says his name is Professor Shane and he's not creepy. I'm going to go talk to him, girl. Even if there were no other suspicious vibes from him. He's a professor at a party. Stay clear of him. So Bonnie leaves and Damon tells Elena to pick somebody. Elena spots a guy in a baseball tee, so Lord knows what he's dressed as. Yeah. Uh, she spots him roofie a girl's drink, and she says, him, slay feminism. <laughs> yeah. She's like, mm, 
I would kill him. Damon also says nice choice because he's also a feminist. He's like, oh yeah, kill the guy who roofied someone. Love it. Although, you know, they're not going to kill him. But if she accidentally does kill him, not the worst. <laughs> she runs into him and she pretends to spill her drink on him. I, she does spill her drink, but she yeah. pretends it's an accident. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she says, drink. And he follows her. And the girl he roofied was like, oh, she just took my guy. But also, she still left the roofie in the girl's drink. So that girl's still going to get roofie. She's like, that's not my problem. She said, I'm going to feed on this guy. I don't really care about her. Maybe she knocked over the girl's drink on the yeah, guy. Yeah, let's, let's hope. So he follows. They go to like a semi-private room and she says, great party. He tries to kiss her. You know, they kind of get into a little bit like flirty vibes. And then he, she compels him, like, don't make a sound. And then she feeds on him. Damon comes in the room and he says, hey, remember, we don't want to kill him. Step away from the edge. For a second, it looks like she's feeding too much, but she does let go on her own. Yeah. And then she says, leave and forget this. And he does. And now he's finally on theme because there's some blood on his fucking shirt. Yeah. So she did him a favor. Damon says, how do you feel? And she says, I feel awesome. And they hug. She's like, this shit's amazing. And she like whispers in his ear, I want more. And he's like, oh, he's like, I got to call Stefan really quick because I got to brag. <laughs> do, do you want to call Stefan to break up with him right quick? Yeah, before we before we go, go any further this evening. Then we go back over to Klaus's house. Jeremy is sketching the tattoo. And Connor says, you know, you set me up at the hospital. Why? Well, I think it's pretty clear. Jeremy's like, because I didn't want you to kill all my friends. Jeremy says, you were trying to hurt people who are important to me. And Jeremy is smart for keeping this statement vague. Because right now, Connor doesn't know who all the vampires are in town or who's yeah. actually important to Jeremy. But Connor says, important to you that vampire just threatened to kill you and jeremy's like mm, i don't really like that one jeremy's like not that one <laughs> oh that one i hate i don't want to save him but right now i kind of have to work with him a little bit you it's, get it yeah, allies are it's, shifting it's a whole thing but he kind of if we kill him there's some consequences to it yeah he's like yeah i can't really kill him I, I know he threatened me i would kill him in any other scenario but there's a whole other thing that goes into it i don't have time to get into all that i gotta draw this tattoo connor says I don't get how you can see the tattoo if you're a sympathizer. And Jeremy says, then what do you get? Because a couple of days ago, you seem to have all the answers and now you seem to know Jack. Yeah. <laughs> Jeremy's like, then what the fuck do you understand? Because from where I sit, it looks like I know more than you. And he sure does. Yeah. And Jeremy says, where did this tattoo come from? Why am I the only one who can see it? And Connor does give him a lot of information here, probably more than he should. But Connor does kind of need an ally. So it doesn't hurt trying with the guy who saw the tattoo. Well, he's got to assume that him seeing the tattoo makes it possible that he would shift alliances. Like, that's not a crazy thought. Because mm -hmm. in his mind, the tattoo, like, made him into a hunter. Yes. He goes on to explain, years ago, he met someone with the Merc who claimed he had an intense desire to kill vampires like it was in his DNA. And he says, he told me what I told you. If I could see the Merc, I was a potential. And Jeremy said, well, who was this guy? And Connor says, some guy I served in Iraq with. And let me tell you who I think that is. Grayson Gilbert. Interesting. I don't know about the timeline of serving in Iraq, but. Well, can I ask you, wouldn't Jeremy have seen the tattoo? That's that's a great question. I have an answer for it. I would love to hear it. There's a question of when you would be determined as a potential hunter. And I think it would make sense. It's not crazy that Jeremy wouldn't see the tattoo if he didn't even know what vampires were. And he didn't know what vampires mm. were until after his dad died. And it is vague. We don't know if Connor knew about vampires and then just heard about the Merc from this guy he's in Iraq with or if he knew about vampires before he went to Iraq. Yeah, we don't know. For Interesting. Interesting. So I'm just throwing out that possibility because I think we've been 
you know, this kind of throw out of like, it felt like it was in their DNA. We've seen this Gilbert push to be hunters and like this really heavy attachment to hunting vampires, like that before they died, apparently the Gilberts, the Gilbert parents really wanted to like have this backup plan that the B squad went through with. I think we just have to entertain the idea. So do you think John Gilbert also had a tattoo that we didn't see? No, I don't think he had the same potential. I think it's a mix of DNA and mental strength, perhaps. Although is Jeremy known for that? Unclear. Yeah. But I I think it's a mix of things. Interesting. Connor says that he lost track of this guy who told him about this. And then one day the tattoo just showed up on him. Yeah, I bet he lost track of him uh, about two years ago after that crow went off with Wee Bridge. (laughs) (laughs) Or that's when the tattoo showed up, rather. So do you think that to go from a potential to being a real hunter, another hunter has to die? It seems like there can only be five at a time. Gotcha. Five with a tattoo. I mean, you can still hunt if you want to, but you don't get the tattoo until you like are kind of sworn in and someone else and a spot opens up. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, you're on the wait list. (laughs) Connor says, it started on my hand and the more vampires I killed, the more it spread. Like it was trying to tell me something, but I just don't know what. No, well, I do. (laughs) In the other room, Stefan says, tell me more about this tattoo. And Klaus says, my sister's suitor was unwilling to tell us anything. But luckily, Rebecca was more than willing to investigate. He says, whore. (laughs) Yeah. We go back to a flashback. Rebecca is in bed with Alexander. She's in like a sexy nightgown for the time. She looks at his tattoos. He's got his shirt off. She says, how do you read these symbols? (laughs) Wink. (laughs) Wink. He says, oh. The map took me and my brothers years to translate. The sword is the key to reading it. And he's telling her a lot of information because he's going to kill her in about 10 minutes. Yeah, he's like, it doesn't matter if she knows. He asks if she's considered his offer to come with him when he leaves to follow the map. And she says, I have. And I would like that very much. And they kiss because like, oh, happy. We're going to run away together. Like, oh, yeah, Rebecca did have love at one point. And then Rebecca looks over to the nightstand and she sees a dagger and a little jar of what appears to be ash. We're familiar with these. We've, we've seen this. <laughs> but this is actually the first time Rebecca's seen this. She says, hey, what's that? And he says, oh, that is a special weapon for a special vampire. He picks up the dagger and dips it in the ash and then holds the dagger. And he says, when my brotherhood has achieved its destiny, they will cease to exist. But until then... We have the daggers. And then he puts the dagger back down on the nightstand. He's like, oh, cool. He doesn't know. It's like, wow, he got so close to killing her and he doesn't even know. She's getting <laughs> away with it. And she says, hey, quick question. Um, do you really think they're all so evil and need to be put down? Yeah, dead giveaway, girl. <laughs> and he says, ah, let's not talk of such evil. Let's hook up. And he kisses her for a while to distract her. And then he daggers her. Another devastating dagger for Rebecca. She is forever getting daggered by like sneaky people and her brother, obviously. But that one's got to hurt. This one's tough. And we can imagine it's the first time she got daggered. Yes. And then in the present, Klaus says, my sister's boyfriend had a slumber party that night. He and his brothers put us all down in our sleep. Elijah, Cole, Finn, and me. So basically, like, they succeeded. Yeah. Like, they thought they killed everyone. It only took us like four years. Yeah. (laughs) And Rebecca says, well, how was I supposed to know? (laughs) Yeah, because how was she? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, to be fair, how was she supposed to know they were going to kill them that night? Yes. 
But she did know he was a vampire hunter. Yeah. Stop hooking up with him. I think she got too confident that they didn't know how to kill originals. And it's like, you still don't need to hook up with him, though. This is Rebecca's, you know, fatal flaw. Is She's always like, I understand that people want to kill me, but I think I can charm them out of it. And she never can. She doesn't really have the skills. She's like, I think if they got to know me, they wouldn't want to kill me and it's like actually the more they get to know you the more they want to kill you yeah it's it's sad for her she really is always going through it she has been going through it for it appears her entire lifetime (laughs) she can't get a break stefan says wait i thought the daggers didn't work on you because of your werewolf side and klaus says they don't and he smiles because he's like i kind of got them there i kind of ate on that one we go back to the past to the 1100s rebecca gasps awake she sees klaus standing there covered in blood and Rebecca says, hey, what happened? And he says, ask him. And he steps away to reveal Alexander stabbed against the wall with the you know, famous sword. And Klaus says, only he cannot answer because I ripped <laughs> out his tongue uh, with the rest of them. I love ask him, point to a dead body. He can't answer. You don't need to say it, Klaus. <laughs> we got it. The, the message is clear. Rebecca says, I had no idea. And Klaus says, You should have. Your only family was nearly wiped out because of your stupidity. What did he promise you? And she says nothing. (laughs) And he says, no, he wouldn't have made a move unless he knew you were vulnerable. So what did he promise you for you to trust him over me? And she swears nothing. She swears nothing. They yell for a while. And then in the present day, Klaus says, go ahead, Rebecca. Tell Stefan what the hunter told you the tattoo leads to. This great weapon that could end the vampire species. And she says... It's a cure. And Stefan said, what? And Stefan says, there is no cure for vampirism. So let's not get our hopes up. And they're like, we're literally telling you there is. (laughs) Rebecca says he's telling the truth. And Stefan is like, okay, well, if there is one, why wouldn't you have searched for it and found it by now? And Klaus says, when the hunters drew their final breath, the Mercs disappeared. The map was gone. The Brotherhood of the Five was extinct. Or so we thought. You know, for 900 years, there was not a whisper of another hunter until our friend Connor showed up in town. Mm-hmm. and Rebecca says, okay, well, now that we have the map, what do we do next? And Klaus says, nothing. You can't be trusted. You'll be blabbing the secret to the first boy who calls you pretty. And, you know, it's mean, but it's true. He says, it's pathetic, isn't it? How she continues to hand her heart to any man who shows her a hint of affection. You'd think she would have learned by now from the endless cycle of disappointment. And this is like, ooh, ow, ooh, ow. Yeah, it's like, ouchie. I mean, you're going all the way in, huh? It's not letting her breathe. She says, but I haven't learned. (laughs) She says, instead, I stay with you and let you leech every moment of happiness from my life. At least I fared better than Finn. Klaus kept him daggered because he was tired of his judgment. And Klaus says, no, Finn was a dullard. Okay, he's more interesting lying in a box. So we find out that this is when Finn was daggered. And it wasn't even Klaus who daggered him. And he said, okay, I'll just leave that. (laughs) He said, no, you can stay. He said, no, that's actually better for you. Yeah. Rebecca says, you want the cure for Elena, don't you? So you can go ma- back to mass producing hybrids. And he says, well, no, duh. It's all about the fucking hybrids. It's ne- he's never done. Which we'll have to remember the last episode. He said to Elena, like, you might still be of use to me. Yeah. Which this is what that's in reference to. He's like, well, I can heal you, bitch. Yeah. We're back in business. <laughs> she says, and that's why you brought Stefan in, because you knew he'd help you, even though he hates your guts. And Klaus is actually, me and Stefan are really close. That I kind of think we're getting along recently. Yeah, actually, we're kind of hitting it off. It feels I, like the 20s again, almost. I think he's coming around. <laughs> and Rebecca says, you can shove your cure. And she leaves. And Klaus turns to Stefan. 
Stefan says, well, I hope you got what you wanted out of her before you chased her off. And Klaus says, I didn't, but she never would have told me what I needed to know. But she will tell you. And one thing about Stefan is he does not care about Rebecca's feelings and he will he, he will do what Klaus asks if it helps Elena. Yeah. He goes, what do you need me to find out? <laughs> he's like, okay, what's my he's, job? He's like, obviously I'm like juggling the emotions of these two today. I've done it before. I can do it again, but come on. He's like, but God, it's a long day. He says, when does Elena get back from college? Yeah. He's like, I miss Elena. He's like, I'm starting to really miss Damon too. Yeah. Klaus says the map is useless without the tool to decipher it, AKA the sword. Rebecca knows where it is and you're going to get her to tell you. And then in case like Stefan hesitates, he says, you have the chance to save Elena from the very thing that's going to destroy her. Call it a deal with the devil if you want, but you know you won't walk away from it. And he won't. Yeah, Stefan says, you got me there. Okay. Stefan's like, yeah, I'm only pretending to think about it. I'm I'm already in on it. It's fine. I get it. He said, but you get I have to try. I have to pretend. Then we go over to Professor Shane's office. He was pulled away from the frat party against his will. Yeah. He brought Bonnie with him. And he says, I have your grandma's stuff around here somewhere. A couple family photos and a first edition Stephen King. And it's specifically Cujo, which I think is about an evil dog. That sounds correct. I've never read any Stephen King. I'm pretty sure it's about a dog. So just something to keep in mind. Oh, I get what you're implying. (laughs) (laughs) Took me a second, but I got it. Bonnie looks around at his office and we see some symbols. One of the things we see is a star in a circle with some like roots or something going through it. We'll get back to it later. Me did not clock that until later. Yeah. Felt like something I should have been able to clock. No, I don't think so. We didn't see enough of that specific symbol. Either way, we see it there. And she says, this is amazing. Like all this stuff. Did you pick it all up on your travels? And he says, yeah, I do a one man traveling occult exhibit to small towns. It's a very throwaway line, but that's just that's jam packed with information. And yeah, we'll see if he comes to a very specific small town in Virginia. Yeah, well, my thing is he picked stuff up along his travels. Okay, imperialism. He yeah. just stole this from witches. He says it funds my Indiana Jones adventures. He's just stealing stuff from witches all over the world. Yeah. But Bonnie finds this charming. Yeah. Bonnie's charmed. She's, you know, she's going through something. She's a little down bad for. Well, to be fair, the last boy that she was even remotely interested in was Jamie. And this is such a step up that it's like, you got to give it to her. Well, you have to imagine that Bonnie's feeling very like ostracized from magic right now. And a lot of her friends don't know how she's feeling. So someone who seems to know things about magic is very comforting to her, whether or not they should be. Yeah. And the comfort of like someone who knew her grandma. Yeah. I think is a big thing. He knows he's got it in the back. (laughs) Yeah. He's he knows what kind of girl he can manipulate. He's done it before. He's very much giving Ezra Fitz in Pretty Little Liars. But in the time of Pretty Little Liars, when it seemed like Ezra was a. Yeah. (laughs) So he's suspicious. (laughs) Bonnie looks at a photo that was in Cujo. And it's a picture of her and her grandma. And Professor Shane says, oh, do you practice like she did? So he knows that her grams practiced. So you kind of have to assume that Bonnie's grams trusted him in some way. Maybe, maybe not. I mean, she taught a class that he has taken over and like he does a little occult to her and he knows she's a witch that like she very easily could have threatened him with a spell or something. And that's how he knows that. Interesting. He says, I'm a true believer. Don't tell anyone. It's like you told your whole class, but cool. He didn't say he was a true believer. He said, if you're a true believer, you know this. He implied it. He didn't say he was. Fair enough. Fair enough. She says, I don't practice anymore. I lost control and there were consequences. 
And he says, witches love their consequences, don't they? And that's a good read. That's an interesting <laughs> comment. <laughs> yeah. He says, you know, there are other ways to practice if you're interested. She says, you a witch? He says, no, I am just a guy with an open mind who's seen a lot of things that I am willing to pass along if you want. What do you think that means? I think he's seen a lot of witches, taken advantage of a lot of witches and needs a witch for something else right about now. What kind of magic do you think he's implying he's going to teach her? Um, That's a good question. I, yeah, I don't. Hmm. <laughs> I mean, maybe he, you know, he's, he's already giving suspicious to me. Many new characters do. Many do. We can't forget that I literally thought Meredith was the killer until the very last second. You didn't really trust Alaric when he came in either. Yeah. I mean, we don't trust a lot of new characters and some of them turn out to be some of our fiercest allies. Yeah, but, <laughs> but some of them don't. I think that the way that the ceremony to create the five went, okay, it's not explicitly dark magic, but we have to think that there is a potential for it because of like the dark magic that created a lurk into a vampire when you're creating some kind of supernatural creature mm -hmm. you have to assume that's against the balance of nature yeah i mean it's not like he knows that she got consequences for practicing dark magic he may have like some dark magic that is less obvious some other type of like some other grimoire that has some way to kind of avoid the consequences of dark magic while still using it hard to say I don't have a solid answer for that. Sure, fair enough. We go back to the party where they're playing the song Feel So Close. I feel so close to you right now. It's a force feel. Who sings this? Isn't it David Guetta? It must be. Do you want to put a guess? David Guetta sounds good. Do you want to do a different guess? I mean, no. Uh, I guess Avicii. I know it's not Avicii, but you want me no. to guess? It's Calvin Harris. Oh, I guess I should have guessed that. That's why I wanted you to guess something different because I was wrong. <laughs> anyway, it's Calvin Harris. We all know this song. It was very popular at this time. Elena and Damon are dancing around the frat party, feeding separately on people. Damon feeds on a guy over there. Elena feeds on a girl over there. They are covered in blood. Yeah, it is like spilling out of mouths. It's like they're doing ecstasy. It's very sexy. Yeah, and then they find their way to each other and they are dancing in a very sexy way. This is an exceedingly horny scene. Yeah, these two want to make out so bad. This is a very famous Vampire diary scene because it is so sexy and hot. But then Bonnie comes back to the party and she spots them. And it is like a cold bucket of water on Elena. Yeah, because it's, I mean, there's no denying that they were inches from making out with each other. And oh, she was yeah. loving it. And so Elena runs outside with Bonnie, but Bonnie takes a second to give Damon a look. And Damon's like, yeah, girl, whatever. Damon's like, so are we done partying now? I was having fun. Then we go back over to Klaus's house. Jeremy gives Klaus his drawing. And Klaus says, okay, the lines look nice. Hurry it up. And Jeremy's like, no, I'm done. And Klaus says, what the fuck is this? Klaus says, no, you're not fucking done. That's not the whole tattoo. Jeremy says, this is the tattoo. And Klaus says, I've seen it before. There's more to it. And Jeremy says, that's all. And this is a fair read by Klaus to think that he would lie and not draw yeah. the whole tattoo. But unfortunately. Jeremy says, look, he says every time he kills a vampire, it spreads. And Klaus is like, come on, dude. I can't have anything. He's like, hey, Nate. And I thought he was going to bring Nate in to just get killed. But I was like, he's going to kill one of his hybrids. Yeah. And Klaus says, you tell the girl to take Jeremy home. Keep the hunter alive at all costs. Jeremy gets up, 
Connor watches, he like he watches them leave the room and he starts like pulling at the chains to like loosen them a bit. Mm-hmm. But then Nate comes back and he says, hey, <laughs> you got a little too much leash. Yeah. And then he says, you're not going anywhere. So stop the racket. And he like tightens the chains a little bit. And then Connor lunges and bites his ear. And it's like, OK, weird move. And Nate says, "Uh, you're lucky I can't kill you, freak. And then Nate leaves. But Connor has something in his mouth. We can assume it's like an earring. Like an industrial piercing. Yeah. The bar. Yeah. And he keeps stewing. And then we leave him for a while. We go back to college. Outside of the frat party, Elena is freaking out. She's like, why am I acting like this? Who am I? And Bonnie says, it's because you listen to Damon, who makes everything he wants sound like a good idea. Sometimes it's just a good idea. And also, this is what's so funny about this. All of them are like turning on Damon for this. Like he does want Elena to learn how to feed. But clearly she also wants to learn how to feed. Well, the thing is, she didn't feel bad about it until Bonnie gave her a dirty look. Yeah, she was feeling fine. It's also like, I know that you guys are stressed because Elena bit a bunch of people tonight. But let's remember, this is a success. None of them died. Like, that's impressive. I mean, it's easier for Bonnie to blame Damon for all of this, to blame Damon for anything, because she's still not comfortable with the fact that Elena's a vampire. She's barely comfortable with the fact that Caroline is. But at least Caroline's adjusted. She doesn't want any of them to be vampires. And at least Caroline, like, kind of grew into herself, but didn't change substantially. Like, it's very, it fell in line with what they expected from her. Mm-hmm. I think they're all concerned that Elena will change, which it's like, shouldn't you want her to change mm-hmm. and grow? I don't know why they're still concerned of her turning into Damon. Because, yeah, Damon has, like, a temper that does make him kill people, but he generally knows how to not kill people. Like, I would be way more concerned she'd turn into Stefan. It's just they're all, like, shitting on Damon for, like, doing a good job teaching her how to do this. Well, and doing what she asked, because obviously Stefan's way wasn't working. She can't have animal blood. We're past that. Like, sorry, she has to work with Damon. And she says, I should be here with Stefan, not him. I should be going through all of this with Stefan, which, again, talked about it before. Like, obviously... Going through this with Stefan wasn't working. Going through with Damon is smart. But she's not really concerned about learning how to feed with Stefan or Damon. She doesn't really care who teaches her how to feed. What she's concerned about is that when she hangs out with Damon, she wants to have sex with him. She's yeah. like, oh, I should be wanting to have sex with Stefan. Guess what? You want to have sex with both of them. We all do. Okay, girly? Yeah. I think she kind of thought, like, I made my choice. Now I can just be friends with Damon. He can be free. I can be with Stefan. Uh, girl, those feelings are still there. Mm-hmm. And I think it is this just like, like you need to understand how to be a vampire in a way that works for you. And like, you can all be mad at her for like taking Damon's route, but Damon's route is not a bad route. He's like the most, I mean, Caroline's he's the, the most second well-adjusted most well-adjusted. Like, and yes, he has some meltdowns. Yeah. But like, he's not ripping heads off. <laughs> Say what you will. <laughs> Low burn. <laughs> like, sorry. Damon comes out of the house and he clears his throat and he says, I'm guessing it's time to hit the road. Because he can see the vibes have uh, gotten way less fun. He's like, sorry, it took me a second to get out here. I did have to wait for the boner to go down. Yeah. Bonnie says, you were supposed to help her. And you let her get completely out of control. Damon says, she was having fun. Bonnie says, this isn't fun. She says, you know, she's acting like a different person. And Damon says, she is a different person. She's a vampire. Yeah, things change. And the thing is that they all changed when they became vampires. But I think... They all are holding Elena on a higher pedestal because she's kind of been at the center of all of this. Mm-hmm. But like they all did change in a way. You just have to adjust to the person they've changed into. Caroline also changed. She became more confident and she became like a little bossier, which yeah. 
I think they've adjusted to. And they didn't know Stefan and Damon beforehand, but whatever. But the thing is, is like, they've made this adjustment before. But for some reason, I think they're all like, just more hesitant to do it for Elena. It's all denial about her being a vampire. It's like, let's get to acceptance, guys. It's happening. We yeah, here. they've had much more time to be in denial about her being a vampire because they tried to stop it. And because like, no one thought it was going to happen. And it was kind of a freak thing. Whereas like, Caroline finished the transition. There was no reason to be in denial. Like it was done. But now with Elena, it's like, well, she's so worried about things. Like she's been through so much, whatever. And it's like, yeah, but so did other people. And like, yeah, you kind of just like have to let her do what she wants to do. And Elena also needs to come to terms with the fact that she wants to feed like this. I mean, I think that's part of it too, is she- She feels shame. She always thought if she ended up a vampire, she would be like Stefan because she respects his choices. And it's got to be off-putting to be like, now that I'm a vampire, that is literally disgusting to me. She has been on a high horse for a while telling Damon he should feed on animals. And now she's a vampire and she's like, I see now why you don't like to do that. But I fear Damon was right this whole time. Yeah, so she's got her own self-hatred she's dealing with along with survivor's guilt, guilt that she's not living up to her family's expectations. I mean, she's guilt that she's not living up to Stefan's expectations. Guilt that she's becoming like Damon, who she really cares about and believes is a good person, but no one else believes he's a good person. So she's like, even though I don't have a problem with being Damon, everyone else does. So I can't be like that. She does not want to be the villain in anyone's story. And she's like terrified Except that she Rebecca's. would be. Except Rebecca's, but she's like, well, I have to beat that bitch down. But yeah. like Damon's okay with being the villain sometimes if he knows what he's doing is right. Elena is a people pleaser deep down. And that's never been a huge issue for her because she's a main character. She's universally loved by a lot of her friends. Now you have to be a complex person, unfortunately. She says I'm not interested. You're going to like every choice you make and that's okay. You just have to like them for yourself, but she's not there yet. Damon says, vampires are a predatory species. We enjoy the hunt, the feed, and the kill. And when the guilt gets too bad, we switch off our humanity and revel in it. And Bonnie says, do you want her to be like you? And Damon says, she already is like me. And you know what makes me able to take my fill and leave someone breathing without ripping their head off like my brother does? Is that I can revel in it and make it fun. He walks away, storms off, because obviously he said what he needs to say. But it clearly affects Elena. I mean, Elena hears this and she's like, he is right. Yeah, but she has a hard time saying that to anyone else. Then we go over to the Salvatore house. Stefan pours himself a drink and Rebecca comes in because she is down absolutely terrible for any man. She is falling for this so easily. It takes Stefan about five minutes to do this. And Stefan is not our most manipulative king. Yeah, he's, he's and he barely has to do anything. Yeah, she says, I got your message. I'm sorry, I know you wanted my help, but- he just makes me so angry. And Stefan says, no one deserves to be treated that way. Sure. He's, he's got her hook, line, and sinker. She says, you know, I wanted the cure back then. I was willing to leave behind my family for it. And then she says, would you take it if you had the chance? Or is it just for Elena? And he says, you know, a part of me wishes that she and I can have an eternity together. But Damon's right. There's not a single vampire who hasn't killed a human. Elena will kill. And then there will be pain, guilt, and Rebecca says, and the humanity switch. And Stefan says, Elena is driven by love and compassion. If she turns off her humanity, I don't think we'll ever get her back. So I would do anything to save her. I just feel like the that argument that she's driven by love and compassion would make me less worried she's going to turn off her humanity. Yeah. Like something, she would have to do something truly heinous for that to happen, in my mind. Mm-hmm. 
But Stefan is like, maybe she will do something truly heinous because I do that every time I drink too much human blood. Yeah. Rebecca says, you know, I envy that. The love you and Elena have. He's like, yeah, I'm well aware you envy it. He's like, yeah, it's pretty fucking obvious. She says, I did believe Alex when he said he loved me. Of course you did. You believe everyone when they say they love you. Exactly. You'd believe a rock. Yeah. She says, he promised we'd be married. We even picked out a church. San Vittore in Brienno. I know you want my help, but I just can't do anything that lets my brother get what he wants. Girl, you already gave it up, bitch. Well, she gave up, she gave up the up church. One. Yeah. Part one. And then she goes to leave. But then Stefan, you know, sticks her with the second hook, which he was saving, you can tell, yeah. strategically. He says, you know, I never did answer your question. If it meant I got to be with her, have children, grow old with her, if I could, like, die with Elena and we would be buried together, then yes, I'd take the cure. Yeah, the buried together is the key here. He's, he's got her, her plan and tinker. She says, I buried him even after everything. I laid him to rest in the place we were to be married. What kind of hopeless fool does that? The same kind of hopeless fool who spills that to Stefan in two minutes. Yeah, and that is so fucking sad that she went and buried him. Like, girl, girl he, he killed kill all you. your siblings and you. Girl, he is just down so bad for any man. The words have barely left her mouth before she realizes that's what you wanted to know, isn't it? Because I buried him with his sword. Girl, you didn't even have to tell him that you, you buried him with his sword. You didn't have to spell sword. it out, but you wanted to know where his body is. Too bad I buried the sword in a different place. Come on, Rebecca. And then Klaus comes in because, of course, he's there. He can't help but gloat about this. He can't just stay in the back. And he really, he really sticks a verbal dagger in before he sticks the physical dagger in. <laughs> he comes around the corner and he says, I'm sorry, little sister, but you're right. You really are a hopeless fool. <laughs> Come on. And she is, but you don't have to say it. She briefly tries to run, but Stefan stops her and he says, I'm really sorry, Rebecca. You get it, though. I feel bad, but. And she says, go ahead. Laugh at the girl who loved too easily. And Klaus says, I will. (laughs) (laughs) We are. (laughs) And she says, but I would rather have lived my life than yours, Nick. No one will ever sit around a table telling stories about a man who couldn't love. And then he like kind of starts to cry. So good for Rebecca. She got him a little bit. Yeah, she still got back at him there. And then he doesn't look at her and she says, look me in the eye and do it, you coward. And then he does dagger her as Stefan watches. I don't think he looks her in the eye, though. He doesn't. He can't do it. He can't. Because he knows he's wrong for this. Yeah, he knows this is fucked up. They put her on the couch. Stefan lays a blanket over her. And Klaus says, okay, so I've got a plane waiting. I'm going to go get the swords. My hybrids are going to keep an eye on Connor. Put Rebecca somewhere no one will find her and make sure Jeremy forgets everything he heard today. Klaus gives the Gilbert ring back to Stefan and Stefan's like, I'll take care of it, boss. And Klaus says, BTW, no one must know about the cure. Do you understand that? Not Damon, not Elena, not anybody. If it gets out, it could mean all of our deaths. So if it gets out, I'll erase each and every memory from all of you. Just in case we forgot that he can compel them. And Stefan says, I won't say anything. And Klaus says, it's just you and me in this. Some secrets are stronger than family. He's so excited to have a secret with just Stefan. He said, you know, I think that we're actually closer than you are with Damon. Yeah. In a way, this makes us closer than brothers. In a way. In a way, it does. And in a way, it makes me closer than you are with Elena. In a way, like the love we share is like deeper. Yeah. You know, 
friendship love is just so strong because, you know, you're my best friend and, I, and I'm your best friend. Yeah. And we've agreed on that already and don't even bother disputing it. Yeah. It's and true. you can't tell me that's not true. Don't be shy. Don't be shy and tell me that's wrong. Yeah. And I know you don't like sharing your emotions. So you don't have to say it back, but I know it's true. <laughs> so see you later, brother. <laughs> just just trying out nicknames. Then we go over to the Gilbert house. Damon is dropping Elena off. They're back on that damn porch. And you see them get on the, first, the porch and it's like, oh, this can't be good for Stefan. Damon says, good night. And Elena says, so I just want to apologize. I am sorry because things got heated at the party and I shouldn't have let that happen. Yeah, I'll say. <laughs> Heated's one word. Uh, and she says, I just feel like that when you tell me what a vampire should be, deep down, I think you're right. And I hate feeling that way because I don't want to. And he says, you don't want to be like me. And then Stefan can sense they're on the porch. So he's like, oh, no, we're cutting this shit. He opens the door. No, we, you will not be on this porch for longer than 30 seconds. He says, no, you two not on the porch, not on yep, the porch. Tonight, the porch. Okay? If you two are going to be on the porch, I'm going to be on the porch swing. OK, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he said, break I'm, it up. I'm going to be on the fucking porch, too. I'll be right here. They say, hey. And Stefan says, yeah, I was just hanging out with Jeremy. We had some things to talk about. Elena, ask a follow-up question because why does anyone ever have to talk to Jeremy? And Stefan would never choose to talk to Jeremy. He doesn't really care for him. Even Damon would talk to Jeremy before Stefan would. Yeah. Damon asks if there's any news on the hunter and Stefan says nothing new. And Damon says, great. Well, today was a bust. She's all yours. And Damon leaves Elena with Stefan. And Stefan says, hey, what happened? And she says, I learned how to feed without hurting someone. It was awful. <laughs> Girl. Girl, it wasn't really. She says, you were right. I got caught up in it again. She did not get caught up in the blood. She got yeah. caught up in the horniness. Yeah, she feels guilty because she was like very into Damon more than the blood. Yeah, the blood was secondary. Yeah. Stefan says, it'll get easier. And she says, well, I don't want it to get easier. I can't live like this. I'm feeling things I don't want to feel, becoming someone I don't want to be. I don't think I'm going to survive this. And it's like, I don't think you'll survive this in a relationship with Stefan. But I think she knows that already. And I think that's yeah. what she means. The relationship is what's not going to survive this. And right now, the relationship is like such a part of her that is defining that she can't understand how she could leave this relationship and still be proud of the person she is. Yeah. And still feel like herself. So she's putting her self-worth on helping Stefan. And she puts so much time into who she was and being like, I could never be with Damon because of who I am. And now suddenly that's not really an issue anymore. Mm -hmm. Stefan says, you will get through this. I promise. Just hold on. Because he's like, there's a cure, bitch. Hang tight. He's like, just hang tight for a little bit. I can't tell you why, but you don't have to worry about it. Like just feed for a little bit longer. Yeah. And they hug. Then we go back over to Klaus's house. Nate is talking to Klaus because Klaus is on his way to Italia. Bonjour, no Italia. He said, I can't wait to have some spaghetti when I land <laughs> and some red wine. <laughs> Nate says, yeah, yeah, I'll keep him fat and happy, whatever. Can you send like two or three more hybrids for protection? <laughs> yeah, he's like, I feel like I'm going to need some help here. And he's right. His instinct was right because as soon as he hangs up, Connor breaks loose and decapitates the hybrid with a chain. With the chain that was holding his arms together. So he has learned how to kill a hybrid. Yeah, he sawed through with a dull, dull chain. That could not have been a fun time for Nate there. And then we see the Merc on Connor's arm grow. And the part of it that grows is a little symbol. It's a star with some vines in it. And in case we don't connect the dots, we immediately go over to Professor Shane's office where we see the symbol on the wall from earlier. Mm -hmm. So we're like, oh, 
Then we see Professor Shane and then Connor comes in and Professor Shane says, hey, shouldn't you be in Mystic Falls killing vampires? And he's like, don't you have a job to do? And Connor says, why the hell did you send me there? And that's where we end the episode. So these two in cahoots, it appears. Yeah. So let's start with Connor and Shane. What's their deal? What's their relationship? Shane clearly, well, I, it, should we call him Shane? Or vice versa? I guess we don't know his first name. Eventually they'll call him Shane. Okay. So, might so as well we'll now. just call him Shane. Okay. They don't call him that in the episode. Eventually, I don't think it's a spoiler to say we will eventually refer to him as Shane. Yeah. He clearly has a lot of information mm-hmm. because he's been stealing things from witches all along the way. It seems that he has a good understanding of where the five came from since he has that print and therefore probably has at least a general understanding of vampirism along with clear understanding of witches and doppelgangers. Mm -hmm. So he's a good picture of why Mystic Falls specifically is important and he knows that those people are in Mystic Falls. Now clearly Connor knows next to nothing. Yeah, He knows he's supposed to kill vampires and he's probably killed vampires. I mean, he definitely has killed vampires before because he has the whole arm tattoo. He talked to Grayson uh, while they were deployed. (laughs) So we know he's killed vampires, but he clearly found some connection. And it may be that Connor was trying to get some history on what his tattoo meant or like what kind of occult connection. Maybe he reached out to Shane. I don't know that Shane would have any way of knowing who the hunters are off the bat. I mean, he could be a potential too. I don't think so. I think a potential hunter would not end up a professor of occult studies, but I don't think it's a coincidence that Shane came and took over Grams's classes specifically, whether he was at this university already or came in from somewhere else. Like, I think he knew who Sheila was, knew about her classes, knows maybe about Bonnie already. From what we can glean from this scene, Shane says, shouldn't you be in Mystic Falls killing vampires? So we can assume that he wanted Connor to kill a bunch of vampires. Mm -hmm. We can assume that there is one big reason why he would want Connor to kill a bunch of vampires. Can we assume that? Can you take the logical step to the conclusion of what I'm implying? Why would anyone want Connor to kill vampires? What happens when Connor kills a vampire? Oh, to get the tattoo. Yeah. So he must. So he has to know about the tattoo. But we also have to remember the first place Connor went when he went into town was the site of the council fire. Mm-hmm. Why did Shane send him there? Maybe he had a connection with Pastor Young, but also it could be like, hey, there's a fire. Maybe the vampires started it. Or maybe he, he knew that the vampires were being held and he didn't think they were going to blow themselves up. Mm. And Connor just got there after the point. Interesting. Let's move on to Shane overarchingly. Mm-hmm. Do we trust him? I mean, no, <laughs> I could be proven wrong, I'm sure, sure. But I think the combination of him not being a witch, but really taking the witch culture is something that is a bad sign. He's giving a little bit of Alaric. He's giving a little bit of Pretty Little Liars Ezra Fitz. He seems to know Grams, but Grams has never mentioned him. So we don't mm-hmm. know if like it's just someone Grams knew casually or if he's just making up that he knew Grams, but he does have stuff from her office, obviously. What... Pr- Puts him more suspicious than Alaric because Alaric was suspicious because he wanted to kill vampires. Sure. But when we met Alaric, he was very new to this situation. He was very scared of the whole situation. It was clear that he was kind of like just starting this journey. Yeah. Shane, it seems, has been on this journey for some time. And I think this traveling to small towns with like an occult show, maybe, um, but maybe, (laughs) maybe some other stuff hunting for things and things like that. Do you think Shane has something in particular he's looking for? What do you think Shane's arc is going to be with us, whether it lasts two episodes or until the end of season eight? I think there's a potential 
because we have to assume, since you kind of had to hand this to me, that he wants the map to the sword. Now, why would he want that sword? We have no reason to think he's a vampire. Why would he want a cure to vampirism? I want to clarify for you because they said in the episode, the map doesn't lead to the sword. Oh. The map leads to the cure. The sword is the key to the map. Okay. They tell us these okay. things. So I don't feel weird telling you that. I don't yeah. want you to operate I just, on that assumption. Yeah. So, but the question still remains, what does Shane want with a cure? And that could be like some family member who's a vampire, some avenging for vampires. At first I thought, well, maybe if he wants the cure, he wants the inverse and he wants to become a vampire. Now that can't be that fucking hard to do. Yeah, he if he wanted to become a vampire, this is a lot of steps. To yeah, that. exactly. So I think it has to be a cure or he might just like, I don't know, he's leaning into this true believer thing. So I, I don't think he would want to like get rid of all vampires because he clearly has some like, support and interest for supernatural creatures. Let me ask you another question that you may have, it might've fallen to the back of your mind. What does he know about this greater evil? That is a question that I'm not clear on because also like we don't know that he knows about a greater evil. He may even be the greater evil, let's be honest. Oh, interesting. Because we saw Pastor Young warn about a greater evil in a note meant for April that Connor happened to find. There was no evidence that Shane knows about that or sent for that. Sure. It could be that Shane was in communication with the pastor about some greater evil that maybe there is some more evil vampire that he wants to cure before they fight everyone. Seems like you might as well just kill him. So I think there's more to it than that. Or the cure could also be something that backfires, even if they find it. Like it's a cure to vampirism, but uh, you have to take you have to get human souls to do it or something like that. Oh, sure. You know, like I'm just making that up because let's let's all be honest, whether we find the cure or not, everyone who's a vampire is taking vampire. OK, so, yeah, let's get into the cure. Do you think a that there is a cure B that we will find the cure and C if anyone will take it? I think this is the cure of sorts. But you think there's a catch to it, yeah. I think there's a catch to it, whether it's a consequence or it cures your bloodlust, but like you have to live forever, but you can only eat like, I don't know, some other thing. Like, I don't yeah. think it's a full like return to human because I think that would be hard to do. And also I think there's a potential that if a vampire who is like, say 162 takes the cure, then you become a 162 year old human. Interesting. Like you don't just get to be a 17 year old human again. You know, like you already lived those years. Like that might be kind of a consequence. Mm-hmm. They're probably going to have to find the cure, you know, just to understand what it is. I assume that's the plot point. I don't think anyone's going to take it. I think maybe Elena would think about it, but I think by the time they find a cure, she'll have accepted it. And frankly, Stefan will be in that rearview mirror anyway. (laughs) (laughs) That brings us to the end of this episode. As always, if you are enjoying The Vampire Diaries and or Doppelgangers, please tell your friends and give us five stars rating and review on Apple and Spotify podcasts. And follow us on Instagram at Doppelgangers Podcast. But that's it for this week. Until next week, goodbye, brother. Goodbye, brother. Goodbye, brother.